This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. With your hosts, God is a food writing and critique Ever Essence, a.k.a. Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine, and me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. On this week's edition of This Bites, uh, coming up, we have a, a special interview with one of the founders of Chewy's Red Tacos. We're going to talk to him about birria tacos and their uh, kind of interesting red taco shell, but that's coming up later on this episode of This Bites. But we're going to talk about a, a few things to kick off uh, this week's show including the return of Esther Ev, the kind of restaurant within a restaurant inside Dan Dan. Uh, Big Daddy's Barbecue and uh, Soul Food uh, announced their brunch. Let's kick off with something that I know is close to Anne's heart. Yeah. (laughs) Pumpkin spice. And as you know, a lot of people know how I feel about pumpkin spice. And this is the year I think we don't need it. I mean, everything is... 2020 is already a bad year, so... I think pumpkin spice just adds the cherry on top of everything, at least in my opinion, of 2020. But some people disagree with that. And apparently, the Wisconsin State Fair people disagree with my take on pumpkin spice. Isn't that right, Ann? They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, is, what, what is the Wisconsin State Fair trying to ruin my spirit with? Well, you know, a lot of people love uh, State Fair cream puffs, and... This year, we didn't have a state fair, but we had drive through cream puffs, and people could order them in advance and pick them up. I mean, who could have predicted that they would now offer a pumpkin spice cream puff? Yep. Really? The cherry right? atop for 2020, as I say. Yeah, they're doing a pumpkin spice cream puff. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I know a lot of people love their pumpkin spice. I... Uh, it hurts to even say those words to me. I think they're just speechless, Tariq. That's that's one. But uh, it, for those who are, they will be available uh, on, on uh, Thursday, October 1st, and they will last only through Sunday, October 4th. So that's a good thing. It's only limited time. I bet. I predict they sell like hotcakes, Tariq. Yeah, I know. People. Um, so, yeah. So you can uh, order them uh, three packs, six packs. Uh, we'll provide links how to uh, order these. Um, mm-hmm. Cream puffs with a, a, a filling that is uh, symbolizes 2020. Well, that's that. Let's talk about some good news. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Esther Ave, Ann. Esther Ave, the restaurant uh, inside Dan Dan. We have some news about them. What's the news about them? News about them is that Esther Ave is back. Um, it's been gone for a while. Uh Dan Dan has been around, obviously, has been doing, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but we have mentioned that Dan Dan has been um, offering curbside carryout and uh, seating on their patio. But Esterev is reopening. This is the uh, restaurant inside of Dan Dan that's open Friday and Saturday nights. And they're returning starting September 25th. But things are going to be a little different this time. They're going to look, things are going to look a little different. While weather permits, Esther Ev is going to take place on the Dan Dan patio and they're going to be two seatings per night, one at six o'clock, one at seven 30. Each seating will be for six guests. So uh, only a, a total of 12 people can experience that each night. So they're really going to be not, you know, not many people that you're exposed to and they're going to be 
ensuring there's proper social distancing going on. And each party is going to have their own table because traditionally they were doing kind of family style tables. That's different. They're not going to do that right now. So um, this is going to uh, be a, a meal that offers five courses for a set price with additional wine pairing for a set price. So you can go on uh, the Dandan Dan website. They're, they're using um, the, the booking platform TAC and they can, or you can, which, you know, diners can make their reservations now. Um, that, that platform is open. And, and just to reiterate, it's, it's open only Friday and Saturday nights. And this is where, you know, Dan Van Wright and Dan Jacobs, the owners of Dan Dan, really do, you know, some of their more interesting um, experimental types of dishes. You know, they, they really, you know, work really hard on trying to create some, you know, really unusual and, and amazing dining experience. Sweet. And I know you've done it, right? I've done it once. Yeah, I've done uh, uh, dinner. Um, you know, I don't have the, you know, I, I don't have the budget like you do, Ann, to... Oh, right. Imbibe. You're, you get you get compensated to do these things. Well, yes, that's your job. Do. So that's what I'm proud to say. You know, correct. Because I don't, um, I don't. Obviously, I, I make reservations. I shouldn't say obviously because I don't know everybody knows this. But when I would go to restaurants and and eat inside, and now when I get curbside carryout, I make. You know, I, I do these reservations under a fake name. I hear a lot of restaurants getting re- orders for a Beyonce Knowles. Beyonce Knowles. That's why I hear lately. Oh my like, gosh, I'm going to have to come up with a new name. <laughs> um, and finally, before we get into our uh, interview with uh, Jesus from Chewy's Red Tacos, Big Daddy's Barbecue and Soul Food, who recently opened up in my neck of the woods in River, River West off of Humboldt, announced they're going to be doing a uh, Big Daddy's brunch starting in October. And that menu, Saturday and Sunday brunch, and that menu is fantastic. Shrimp and grits. Sausage big biscuits and southern gravy, chicken biscuits because dude, no one does chicken biscuits in this city. I don't get why. Uh, chicken waffles, not your mama's pancakes, not your mama's pancakes. Ooh, southern hash brown casserole. I never had a hash brown casserole. That must be a different part of the south. Fried potatoes and barbecue ham and more. That's of what would be available for their Saturday and Sunday brunch beginning in October. Okay, I just want to say I love hash browns. So, you know, they have me at this whole idea of hash brown casserole. I mean, you know, to me, I, I guess I'm thinking maybe there's just going to be like, it's going to be thicker with like cheese and maybe have some other ingredients like vegetables yeah. in it maybe. Vegetables, maybe bacon, maybe sausage. Yeah. Coming up, we'll continue our conversation with a special interview with Jesus from Chewy's Red Tacos. So stick around for that on This Bites. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. Now we're back uh, on this bites, and I have a special guest. Uh, it is Jesus Nanez from Chewy's Red Tacos. We're going to talk about their their new taco truck, Birria Tacos, and what makes their taco tortillas that bright red. So, give me the the origin of of Chewy's Red Tacos. What's the story behind that? Well, um, 
I've always wanted to make a food truck, uh, and I've had it in my in my radar for quite some time. We owned a restaurant a long time ago called Seafood Specialists. Uh, it was like an old time uh, fish fry, fish market type of place. Uh, so it was something that I wasn't really passionate about. It was just kind of like a, a family thing that was part of the deal. So I worked there and got my, you know, my uh, my foot in the door in the restaurant business that way. And um, it was a very hard business to get into because of a uh, high cost of everything. You know, we, we, we had a fresh seafood uh, case with uh, crab legs and like a bunch of different fish varieties and you know, shrimps and things like that. So it was very expensive. Um, and it was also when we bought it, it was on its way out. It was kind of like, it was, it was, it was due for a transition to a different type of restaurant. But um, because we didn't know any better when we bought it, uh, the owner said, just do it, leave it the same. Then you won't have any problems with the inspectors and blah, blah, blah. So we just didn't know, man. You know, we were just naive and just like, okay, yeah, that's what you say. Okay, let's just do that. We'll leave it as is. But deep down, we knew we had to do something else to really make it successful. But we didn't. So we were not successful. And uh, we, we pretty much closed that business down within the first year, lost a ton of money. And lost every appetite for having a restaurant ever again, basically. Um, mm. So I was like, I'm never doing food again. I'm only doing alcohol. That'll never go bad, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then I started to see the food truck model and how efficient it was, really, and how uh, specialized it was. And I really liked that about it, how, you know, you could focus on one thing, do that thing right, and the 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 clients will will follow in a way so 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 as this covid thing hit i mean we've owned the farmhouse paint and sip for four years now uh we've been doing great thank god we've had an awesome awesome time here and just really living the dream i can i couldn't be more thankful uh we have a great team uh that helps us you know run the business and without them we wouldn't be where we are most definitely and we're super thankful for that and that that's allowed us to focus on on this new venture. Um, but basically, I thought, okay, well, now that we can't really do the paint and sip uh, to the full extreme that we were doing before, what can we do next, right? Um, I, I don't want to just sit around waiting for this to get better. Um, I've got to make something happen. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to build the food truck. Um, you know, I have experience with construction and I've, uh, I've pretty much done everything that you can imagine as far as construction goes. So I was like, I think I can build it myself. And I started doing all the research and, um, and yeah, we started building it about two months ago and, um, and finished it and, and just kind of, okay, well, before we finished it, obviously I was like, what are we going to sell? <laughs> right. And, um, I have, you know, I, I like tacos because they're easy. Um, you can always change the fillings. You know, you can do a lot with them, and they're just easy to eat um, on the street. Uh, they're just they're just a great food vehicle, man. You know, and that's the way I see it. Like it's the tortillas, the the greatest food vehicle in the world, uh, next to bread. You know, and uh, <laughs> so. I, I just thought tacos would be great. So then I started crafting the menu with one of my team members. 
And we just got crazy with the menu, man. We had so much stuff in the menu <laughs> that I was like, this is going to be a nightmare, man. Trying to make this in the truck, you know, like this is going to be <laughs> wild. Like, uh, you know, like we had a chile relleno taco. We had, I mean, we were letting it loose, <laughs> man, which sounds amazing. And it is amazing. I've had quite a few of them out in like uh, San Diego. You can get a, a burrito with a whole chile relleno like a stuffed pepper in it you know um so what's in that what's the for those people who don't know what's in that pepper oh well the chile relleno is like a poblano pepper that's been like roasted over the fire then you peel the skin off and then you batter it in egg and a little bit of flour and you stuff it with cheese ground meat uh ground beef uh, or chicken or uh, i mean you know there's a variety of fillings you can do but mostly traditionally it's cheese or hmm ground beef you know that's the okay. traditional one and if you're really lucky you get both cheese and ground beef <laughs> uh, that's the winning combination for sure and uh so if you put that in a burrito with some beans and rice and some salsa in there i mean you're just loving life they're delicious it's amazing <laughs> so i was like okay we gotta offer that but then that called for a, a fryer that called for a mess man i've just i've seen food trucks that have fryers in them and like you don't want that freaking hot oil sloshing around, you know, when you're, when you're driving a track. Yeah, exactly. So, so we scratched that. I was like, okay, we're not doing deep fried stuff. We're just gonna keep it easy. And, um, and I, I really, I had been thinking about, okay, what can we really focus on and make it unique? And, um, and I love birria so much, man. I just think it's so delicious. And it's one of those things that you can't really find on a consistent basis. You know, like so many places have specials and they run it on Tuesdays and they run it on Saturdays. And if you don't think mm-hmm. they're on time, you don't get any. Um, and I was just like, you know what? What if we just focused on that and did it all the time, 24-7 every day? Uh, and then added some varieties to it, you know, because there's definitely people that don't eat red meat. And, I, and, I, and I'm an aspiring vegetarian. Like I've told many people, like I'm trying to eat better uh, for my personal health reasons. And I know there's a lot of people that are on the same train, you know, when you start to get to that, you know, mid to late 30s uh, range in your age, <laughs> you know, your knees start to, you know, crack a little more in the morning and, you know, the back hurts after anything, you know, so I'm like, okay, I got to. I got to give myself some options too, you know? Um, mm. And I feel like um, the focus on doing beef, the chicken and the vegetarian hibiscus is extremely unique. Um, yeah. Before you go on, talk about the uh, hibiscus. So what is, what is that using a, a, the actual flower? The flower. Yeah. The flower is edible. Most people know hibiscus as a tea, um, as hibiscus yeah. water. Uh, like in Mexico, we drink hibiscus water. You know, you boil the leaves and you get all the great properties of the leaf into the water. You let it cool. You add some sugar. You put some ice in there and you're golden, right? Um, but the byproduct of that is that flour that's been tenderized already from being boiled, you know? So it's still mm. packed with a lot of nutrients, antioxidants, uh, vitamin C. I mean, it's just, it's an awesome um, uh, uh, like base, you know, base to do anything. It's like a tofu damn near, you know, uh, <laughs> where you can just season it however you want after you wash it and do the, the, the correct steps to get the bitterness out of it because it is 
it does have a bitter flavor if you just bite right into it, you know? So you gotta, you gotta wash it. There's some special procedures to get the flavor out, to get the color out so that you just truly have a base, uh, to work with in season. And, um, and then we add the same seasonings, uh, that are, uh, all gluten-free, all vegan friendly, um, ingredients and vegetarian friendly, um, so that it's got the same flavor, man. I've had such great feedback on the hibiscus, uh, more than anything, which is crazy. You know, like you expect them to go crazy over the beef, but the hibiscus is really the one that people are, are shocked by because it just has mm. such a great texture. Um, so I, I started doing research on what I could do for vegetarian, uh, birria options. And I saw there was a jackfruit and then there was a hibiscus one. So, what I didn't like about the jackfruit is that you pretty much had to buy it canned. Um, and I just mm. didn't want to do that, you know? Um, so we're trying to do everything as fresh as we can. Um, uh, our core value is to deliver. We have like five core values for the business, which, you know, I, I really believe in that kind of stuff. I've, I've been in business development and marketing and uh, helping businesses get started. I actually, I work for the SBDC, um, doing small business consulting also. Uh, so helping small businesses, um, you know, grow their business, build their business, uh, market it, get funding, get all that good stuff that I've done firsthand. So, uh, I really can provide, you know, that kind of knowledge, um, that I've gone through myself, you know? So, um, as we define the core values, one of them was definitely to bring the most quality product that we can, you know? So, when I go to the store and I have five different rice options, I'm not buying the cheapest rice. You know, I'm, I'm buying mm. somewhere right in the middle, not the most expensive. We, we also don't want to price ourselves out of the range of the average, you know, person. So mm. I don't know if you've checked out our menu, but our prices are super affordable. And, um, and yeah, we just want to make sure people try it. And, 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 and I want to make sure they can make it a, a weekly thing, you know, something that we can, <laughs> come to every week it's not like a special occasion you know to come and get some chewy's red tacos so so let's talk about the actual taco shell are is red it's a regular corn tortilla um but we make a special chili oil um that the tortilla is just lightly uh coated with and then it's uh fried on the flat top so that it gets that nice rich red color and flavor actually too. So it's not spicy. Uh, it doesn't, it's not spicy, but it is made with about four or five different peppers, um, that we fry in the oil so that the oil gets infused in the chili. We season the oil and then we ground, we puree the chilies and put them back into the oil. So we make the special chili oil, um, that we dip the tortillas in and they just look amazing. They look super delicious and they taste super delicious. Um, and the past two weeks we've been taste testing, uh, different chili oils, trying to get the right one. Um, and, um, we have a great, uh, kitchen, uh, team that, um, really takes this seriously. And, um, and the rice and beans are just so banger, man. I just, I'm telling you like, because so what's, what's special about the rice and beans then? It's just, they're old school, man. That's just what it is. You know, they're made by, by like one of those OG Mexican ladies that like, you know, like just, just has that special touch, man. Um, I, I don't know 
what's special about them other than it feels like home when I eat it. You know, when I eat it, it feels like my mom made it or like my grandma made it. And, and I know who made it. And I know that lady is kind of like one of those ladies, you know? So, and, and I feel like the hardest critic for a Mexican restaurant is always, uh, the senora, you know, the, the, the older Mexican lady, uh, that's like, oh, well, she takes one bite. She's like, oh, I need more salt. <laughs> or like, you know, oh, they put... Too much- well, that's every... Like, let's, that's everybody's, you know, like my grandma or... Yeah, yeah. I feel like, oh, the Jamaican grandma or the, the Jewish grandma or the Italian grandma, they're all going to like, come on, you can do better. And that's why my my... The recipes have to be developed by that lady. You know, that was my whole, like, my whole... Uh, goal was like if we can impress that lady then we got it we got it man and um so yeah the the our head our head chef you know she's just great man she just makes the most delicious stuff the salsa is all fresh made the beans are made fresh the rice is made fresh um you know it's it's just delicious my mouth is watering i was just thinking about the tortillas (laughs) that we were tasting yesterday and literally, we just dipped the tortillas in oil, just crisped it a little bit on the pan, and we were just taste testing two different chili oils, trying to mm-hmm. finalize our, 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 you know, our signature uh, taste. And then they were just so delicious. The tortillas alone, man, you know, without anything mm-hmm. in them. So uh, they're freshly made tortillas too. They are not. We did not want to go that route uh, because we do have to have two tortillas on the taco because it's so juicy. The meat is so juicy that, um, if we had a fresh tortilla, we just didn't think it was gonna, it was gonna work. hold up. Yeah. Hold up. And also I just don't think we'll have the time to make the fresh tortillas. I just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people doing that and they're doing it great and just all power to them. You know, we our, our thing is a little different. Uh, we're, we're using, uh, locally made tortillas from El Rey. Um, uh, but we are gonna, you know, just, make them a little better. <laughs> so talk to me about birria. Like most people think it's like a new thing, but it's been around forever. Uh, I found out it come from Jalisco originally. Why do you think this taco with this consome, and it looks like it started as a stew before it was a taco. Yeah. yeah. Um, why do you think this kind of like popped up, like became this new thing that people are like, I want, I want this birria taco. Like it, like, creeped up from Mexico into California and then it just spread. So why do you think it's become this item that people want to try now? Honestly, I think it's social media, man. You know, I don't think we've ever had an opportunity to uh, share what we're eating (laughs) as much as we have in the last, uh, you know, 10 years or something, five to 10 years. Uh, but like you said, I mean, birria has been around forever. There's been places here that have been doing it forever. Um, yeah. It's served in a little bit, you know, in the traditional way, which is kind of in a soup, you know, so you get the juice and, and you get, the, it's not like it's separated in a, on a truck, you know, on a truck, they give it to you in a taco and then they give you the sauce on the side. Um, and I feel like that was made purely out of um, functionality, you know, when it comes to like the Los Angeles vibe of, of how they make the birria. It was about functioning on a, on a food truck so that you can eat your juice and your taco at the same time, you know? So mm. most things are like that, man. Most things are not yeah. about anything but functionality and like ease of eating, right? If you're a good restaurateur, I think 
you want to make sure people can eat the food comfortably. Uh, they can travel with it. They can, you know, there's, there's all these other reasons as to why it's served that way. Nothing to do with like, oh, it looks cool. You know, um, it's simply functional. Uh, why it's popular now, I think they just look really delicious when you take a picture of it, man. You know, you see that picture, you're like, holy man, I want, I want that. You know, like, how do I get my hands on that? And, um, and food trucks, I mean, obviously right now with the COVID situation, nobody wants to eat inside. It's, it's really hard for dining restaurants. And um, so it's just like, it's the right time, man. It's, it's all about the right time. And, and it's going crazy now even more as soon as we started blowing up. It was like all of a sudden everybody's talking about that they're making birria tacos and they always have yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's cool, man. I know you guys have. Um, you know, we've been working on this truck for a couple months now. We wish we would have been open months ago to be able to take advantage of the summer. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm just happy that it's popular. It's delicious. It's, um, I think we're unique in the fact that this is all we're going to do. You know, we're not going to have the traditional steak tacos, the pastor tacos, mm. the, the, the other tacos that everybody else does extremely well. You know, like if I can give anybody a shout out, it would be El Charrito tacos. Those are my favorite food truck, you know, <laughs> and, and I like the tripe. That's why I like going there. You know, if you yeah. <laughs> the tripe nice and toasted, I mean, like extra crispy, you are loving life, man. So let's talk about the beer. Like what, for those who don't know exactly what a beer is, what is it? Talk about the whole like it, traditionally, it's supposed to used to be with goat, but most people are doing with beef. Beef, correct. But there's a consom. So explain what's in it. What is it, real quick for our listeners? Sure. So uh, birria, definitely originally the way I always knew it was made with goat, right? Um, goat, however, is an acquired taste for a lot of people, right? It's so good though. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever had it out of made out of goat like that, you it's hard to even tell that it's goat, but it is it does have that little that little hint of flavor, yeah. additional flavor. It's like a like if you have a lamb chop or something, you know, it doesn't that gaminess. Yeah. It's the gaminess and some people like it, some people don't. And uh it, it also takes extra work to prepare it and there's just a lot there's more work involved to make it so again functionality rules over anything else why do people make it out of beef because you can get beef at a great price you can get a lot of beef it's always available well it is most of the time right we, we're going through this <laughs> crazy stuff right now but basically the birria is a is a it's almost like a, a you have to make this pepper concoction right uh, that you season the meat with. There's different ways to make it. Some people boil it, some people steam it. Okay, so we are doing both options uh, at the moment. We will probably stick to one coming soon, uh, but I per personally like the steam version better, which has a lot more flavor. The meat is darker. Um, it's just, imagine this, okay? You, you make a chili pepper and seasoning puree that you boil the peppers. You first you you put them on the grill a little bit so they get a little toasted, and then you puree all of it with garlic uh, seasonings. Uh, and then you the two different ways to do it. The way we like to do it is you pour it directly onto the meat. You marinate the meat, and then you steam the meat for like six hours till it just falls apart. Right. Then the other version is you boil that same puree with the meat all together. 
right? So the 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 the, the puree infuses the the consommé or the or the broth, right? So to me, that style does not have as much flavor as a steamed version. Clearly, because the seasoning is directly on the meat only. Mm. If you're steaming it, as opposed to boiling the seasoning with the meat inside, right? So yeah. it, you're just diluting mm. the flavor because of the water, right? So water, okay, and the water, that makes sense. The water ratio is really important to make sure that you're still getting flavor even if you boil it. I mean, there's people out there that are boiling it and it tastes amazing, and and that's that. But the meat itself is not as flavor packed as when you steam it, right? Some people will say that if you're steaming the meat, it's barbacoa. Right. Barbacoa is is a way of cooking. Right. It's like cooking. Yeah. It's just a style of cooking. It's barbecue. It came from the Caribbean. Like the history of it is actually pretty cool that the word barbecue is is such an old word that yeah. in like the original <laughs> cooking, you know, so people think it's always oh, this certain type of meat. No, my friend, it's the style of cooking. So um, so for me, a birria is really about the type of seasoning you put on it and how you cook it, right? So uh, boiling it or steaming it, but it's about that chili pepper. And it's not just chili peppers. I mean, there's there's like six different peppers that we use to make this. This is almost like a mole paste, you know? You use dry chilies, dry chilies right? Yeah, dry chilies yeah. and um, garlic and a ton of different delicious seasonings. But we use that same process for the chicken, for the beef and the hibiscus. And then also something to note is our, our consomme will be a vegetarian and vegan-friendly consomme only. So we will not have really? a beef consomme, no. And that's, again, for functionality, okay? We believe that we can give it the flavor similar to the beef, not exactly the same. You're not going to have beef bone, you know, diluting into the, 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 <laughs> the consomme like you would normally. Um, but for us, it's about functionality. We want to make sure that we can have uh, broth for everybody, you know, especially because the cold weather is coming. And I feel like that's something that people are going to really enjoy uh, to be able to sip on a broth while you're eating your taco. Um, but we've had a lot of vegetarian, vegan uh, people that want to eat it too. So we are a small little truck, man. You know, we don't have a giant kitchen to have giant vats of soup, uh, all three different flavors. So we're going to bet on just doing the, the vegan vegetarian broth and uh, flavoring it uh, deliciously, just like you would a, a beef consomme. So Cool. Uh, and the final question, so when will you be uh, officially open? I know that's the big thing, man. I, I feel like we, we, we had like super fans that turned into like super haters over the next, <laughs> in the past couple of days, just because we didn't get our permits. But no, nah, they're, they're patient too. I mean, but, uh, and also something to note is that the city is extremely overwhelmed with applications. They're understaffed. I mean, they have had to furlough a lot of people. I mean, I understand, man. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking trash at all. It's just the process, you know. Um, mm. But we did get an email yesterday saying that our applications and everything was approved and it just has to be issued at this point, which uh, from what I hear, they get thousands of applications that have been coming through. So even if it's in the stage of being issued, it could be on a stack of 100 applications that need to be issued, you know. So um, it, it, I'm hoping that today they'll issue the license, which is all we're waiting for. We passed our health inspections. We have all of our other seller's permits, the food dealer license. All, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, we do have a different food dealer license, but we need the actual mobile food 
dealer license. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be issued either today or tomorrow so that we can open Friday. Uh, we will start with limited hours um, the first couple of weeks just because we're expecting quite a few people um, to be here. So we're probably going to open from 3 to 10. Um, and um, yeah, so from 3 to 10. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we'll open up again Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That'll be more like our consistent uh, hours. And then scaling up to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just so we have Mondays off. But uh, the first few weeks, the hours are going to be um, a little bit uh, fluid just because we're trying to keep up with demand. And, um, you know, again, we're a small food truck operation, man. We have a, a small base kitchen that we operate out of. and um, you know, this is the new the new guerrilla food uh, operation, man. You know, just make it happen with as little as you can and uh, try to meet the demand. So, cool. Well, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Appreciate it, and looking forward to uh, trying some Chewy's red tacos um, in the near future. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate the the opportunity to talk about it, and uh, yeah. This Bites is edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and generosity from our membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast on iTunes, NPR, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, feedback's important, so please rate and review.